Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad Podcast for the week of February 11th, 2019. This week on the show, we have all of the Ghostbusters 2020 news that's fit to print. We have a release date, we have a production designer, we have some audition tapes that are starting to surface. We're going to talk about all of those. Then in the next uh, segment of the show, we're going to be talking about a particular article that said, why does Ghostbusters cause anxiety? We'll explore that coming up. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! That, it's over. Uh, yeah, that uh, that shelf will collapse into the Arctic, and I won't have watched <laughs> oh, no. any of that TV. It's not even that. If we uh, we can live to a ripe old age, there just won't be time. Yeah. The only the only hope we have now of catching up, and unfortunately, if content is also on an exponential uh, rise, it'll they'll never meet. But our only hope is that we're on that that edge of uh, longevity medicine that. I can finally <laughs> die at 157. Yeah, when I'm 100 years old, I can finally watch Legion Season 2 and catch <laughs> I've finally watched The Wire. Will you please shut up now? Uh, not enough, too much content, not enough time. And on that note, welcome to an hour-long <laughs> podcast about Ghostbusters, the 95-minute movie that came out in 1984. Uh, we're so glad to have you guys here for our almost 200th episode. So there's 200 hours of your life <laughs> you could have saved for when you were 100 years old. Uh, I finally watched Breaking Bad. Walter White's not a hero. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> he is not a good person. No. <laughs> I finally listened to the Tobin's audio guide that came out in February of 2019. <laughs> And Troy gave me erroneous information that he didn't correct until the week after. Week after. And it took me 80 years to find out. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. How's, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Um, of, what's the one from uh, Gilbert Godfrey's podcast? Of all the chocolate waltage I've ever had, <laughs> this is the best one ever. Oh, Gilbert. <laughs> I, uh, his, his interview with Dennis Murin, I'm also catching up because I'm back on my yes. commuting, so I listened to his Dennis Murin uh, interview. Oh, Dennis Murin's like a little boy. Oh, in it. God, it's so wonderful. And they have it's Michael hilarious. Giacchino on it. And I love how most of our podcast is us just saying, go listen to other podcasts. Go but, listen to another uh, podcast. Please go listen to that Dennis <laughs> Murin interview. I mean, if you're a film fan, if you're a fan of special effects, if your kid yeah. that grew up in the 80s like you, you gotta listen to it but uh gotta yeah. you gotta do it uh so speaking of kids of the 80s uh i i was uh like i said i was remiss and i i did uh, i did an oopsie in the tobin's audio guide last week and i want to correct <laughs> it here at the top of the show before we get any further uh i i called out and i even said i was like uh you know i 
I believe I read this, I believe I heard this, but I can't source it, so please don't take it as lore, and uh, I was I was wrong. So, uh, in last week's episode, I said Kenny Loggins was approached uh, to do the Ghostbusters theme. He may have been, that is not on the record, but the person that I was actually thinking of was Lindsey Buckingham. Good old uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Holiday Road from Vacation, Lindsey Buckingham. Uh he was approached yeah. to write the theme, and in the wake of uh, Holiday Road, again working with Harold Ramis uh, on vacation, he did not want to get pigeonholed into being that movie guy, uh, and that's he he was the one that turned it down. So it wasn't Kenny Loggins; it was Lindsey Buckingham, no. and that's why I couldn't find it. Well, Thank you, CBC. But nobody yeah. nobody can blame you though, because it was that was a phenomena at the time. Remember, Ghostbusters two had. Uh, Glenn Fry on it. Glenn Fry, who, you know, of the Eagles. Who uh, had really and Elton John and huge names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They uh, uh, Glenn Fry. Well, Elton John really didn't become a pigeonholed as a as a movie. As a but movie, Glenn yeah. Fry was yeah. kind of kind of in that club. The heat of, is on. Yeah, Heat is on. And um, uh, what's the one he did for uh, Miami Vice? He did. He did a couple. Heat is on. That was Beverly Hills Cop two. And then he did. Did he do Miami Vice? Oh yeah, he did do that he song did Miami from Vice. Miami Vice. Uh, um, yeah, the one that we're all supposed to remember because it was we a, we belong to the city or something like that. Yes. right? Isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's one. And then he did uh, the theme song for um, Beverly Hills Cop One as well. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and he was on. I was reading somewhere. Uh, he was in line for. Oh, what the heck was it? It was some, tr- or maybe it was the Beverly. It, I think it was um, Beverly Hills Cop Two, wasn't it? Because that ended up being Bob Seger. Bob Seger. He was yeah. supposed to be doing it for Bob Seger, and then yeah. yeah, something happened. He didn't like it, or he got you know bad throat or something like that. And then yeah, Bob Seger did it. And um, I mean, that's, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a thing at the time. Bob Seger kind of yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, you again. I think I alluded to it in in last week's episode. But uh, if you were a a big ro- uh, rock pop whatever star back in the eighties, you wanted that theme song to the movie because it meant a exposure, Money. b big bucks, and uh, the, the people are still. I mean, again, he released in the news, uh, still living it up to this day uh, with their Back to the Future money. So, by the way, we have some real mean people that <laughs> I, I t- what I took away from listening to Tobin Spirit Guide is not so much that they didn't like you singing, but that the implication is is I'm allowed to sing at them as much as I want. I, I, there's a double standard here because Michael Tanaka <laughs> calls me out when I do something wrong and I sang, you sing all the time, and I sang like one bar of a song that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in real life. and I, I think Well, I, I think out. again it's the Michael uh, Tanaka effect where Michael Tanaka's just given up on me, but he, <laughs> he expects better of you. <laughs> Listeners have given up on me. Oh, they're like, he won't stop. He'll I, just keep going i hope but that's you, the fact you you've let them down god You're, i no, hope it's troy. not the opposite i hope no. it's not like oh that troy guy <laughs> let's just let chris take over the show because forget that guy <laughs> no no they're like troy that's not we need you to be the adult here <laughs> don't sing at us no no singing <sighs> all right that's an excellent episode the by the way oh, i liked you. it very very much uh it it came to you and i we you and i can't divulge what happened uh for quite some time here but you and i had to kind of scramble because we, we sure able can to... we we became blood brothers uh there was an adventure <laughs> went through two cars yes uh, yeah jumped the jumped the la uh, river uh twice yep, yep being chased by a liquid metal <laughs> machine 
Yeah. No, we can't. Uh, no. We can't talk. Well, it's it's us um, getting into the swing of things, I guess. Uh, we talked about you know the new movies coming and the anniversary, and there's just you know stuff just won't. I mean, that's what this episode is going to be: is us catching up on everything that's yeah, happened in the last. I mean, two looking weeks. there's looking at this rundown. There's there's quite a bit for us to uh, to tackle here, and and the bummer is, yeah, last week there was a ton to talk about, and uh, be, because of a scheduling conflict, you and I just weren't able to get that episode done. So uh, so here we are. Oh, here we are. Yeah, uh, and it's it's going to be a fun one because there's a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff to talk about. As uh, as I mentioned, so. Let's do it. Let's launch into it. Here we go with the news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. I'm not going to sing. I was going to sing We Belong to the City, but now I'm self-conscious. I'm not going to do it coming out of the news bumper <laughs> That's here. a good one, though. It is. It's a, I mean, there were so many great... Anyway. I digress. Uh, hey, let's talk <laughs> well, about... Well, it's, it's only fair because I got Holiday Road stuck in my head now, too. <laughs> oh, Lindsay Buckingham. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, Ghostbusters 2020. 2020. Uh, yes. Speaking of theme songs, it's we're coming. just going to start using the 2020 theme song here, I think. Uh, I'm Barbara Walters. And I'm, um, but yes, so uh, what we didn't get to talk about last week, uh, there was a release date officially announced of July 10th, 2020. That makes it feel more and more realistic even if the announcement and the director uh, being on board and the teaser trailer, if that wasn't enough for you, now you got a release date that you can circle on your calendar and, and make it feel like it's official, 100% genuine. Um, yeah. But so what's interesting is that this was released. There was a conference for distributors and exhibitor, exhibitors. Um, and I think, Chris, at the time, I'm taking you down memory road. This was like two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. um you had called you because the exhibitor uh, Twitter account was the first to reveal it. And uh, yeah. we all kind of scratched our heads like, huh, is this official? And and sure enough, it was <laughs> it was an industry uh, insider thing that happened. And then, of course, it came out in Variety and Jason Reitman said otherwise. Yeah, he I it's it's a weird world because the, the old adage is don't judge a book by its cover, except on the Internet. That's all you can do sometimes. And I kind of stared at this exhibitor one and it was filled with information. Like it's just spinning out information left, right, and center all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a good sign that at least they're taking it serious. But then it also had this kind of thread in its tweets that was kind of like, it's a dude. Kind (laughs) of, it'd be like somebody mistaking me as an official Sony thing because it'll be like, yeah, yeah, retweets and posts Uh, and news. And and, and and what the hell is that one about? It's hard because like Sunny Delight was talking about uh, ending it all the other day and Netflix Uh, just uh, called out millennials for not watching the second VHS tape of Titanic. So I don't, I don't, know what's going on on social media anymore yeah so i i was like i kind of put it i i retweeted it which is a sign of i'm putting some benefit of the doubt in there but then followed up with the uh you know this is official like where's it coming from and the guy's reply was from me 100 percent. i'm like well you're not official so that's not helping and he got really kind of shirty about the yeah. whole but it's coming from me i'm i have the awesome info and i'm like i don't know who you are like yeah, you're. It's like I'm yeah. sorry, you don't know who I am, so it's fair is fair. Like, right, well, and the, the funny, yeah, it's it's like you know because they have their um like uh 
what's it called now in Las Vegas? Uh, it used to be called Show West, and I think now it's called Cine Expo or Cine Something like whatever that. like that. Yeah. But um, but you know, it's it's for exhibitors, it's for the theaters and all of the like WalMarts of the world uh, to to kind of have the studios yeah. come out and tout all their stuff and. And that's not happening right now. So that was the other thing that was kind of like, why? That's weird. But uh, sure enough, it was an industry insider thing. And uh, July 10th, 2020 was soon confirmed by Jason Reitman himself. So we know that that's that's, uh, for certain. But so I have have multiple questions for you and I here, Chris. Um, Mm -hmm. The first of which... June traditionally is a, a Ghostbusters release window, um, yes. with the exception of Ghostbusters uh, Answer the Call, which which kind of stepped outside of that a, a little bit. But yeah. um, I was kind of expecting just knowing uh, the nostalgia, uh, that little that little tinge of nostalgia that they're really trying to tap into here. I was expecting it to be like June 18th or June 26th or you know one of those type of dates, but right. Um, so it's the week after July 4th weekend, which is always traditionally a huge, huge weekend at Hollywood, uh, which really kind of took me down a rabbit hole trying to figure out what's coming out that July 4th weekend. And as of right now, it's just Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984. So that's kind of the bum, only bum, thing bum, in the bum, way. Bum, 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 um, bum, bum, but uh, so, Wonder Woman. So <laughs> see, you Wonder get to Woman. sing. Why don't I get to sing? Uh, we're all waiting for you because you've got stuff to say and I've just got a brain that runs like a camster on a wheel. But that's so. fine. That's fine. I I mean, I just, <laughs> I sign it all off as fair use uh, as well when we do our legal uh, evaluation at the end of all of us. But, um, <laughs> but so, so here's, here's my thinking. It's a summer release, which is, yep. is fun. They're, they're putting a lot of faith. Sony is putting a lot of faith in this, this particular film. Um, yep. And so that means that they're bullish. I love it. Uh, yep. it's also a really quick turnaround. I'm getting kind of that hint of, of 1983 when Ivan Reitman goes to Columbia and he's like, I got this movie called Ghostbusters. How much does it cost? Great. You've got a June release date. Go. Yeah. Whoa. Oh my God. That's in, you know, uh, 15 months. What do I do? Well, yeah. A year and a half for a summer tentpole genre film is short. Uh, I mean, really short. Yeah. Considering, I mean, it leads me to believe not a whole lot of visual effects. It won't be a, a big post-production heavy film. Maybe. I don't know that they're, yeah. they're really, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a quick turnaround here or they've got, they're so far down the pre-production pipeline that they've done all of the script revisions. They've already started a lot of stuff, which is, is obvious because we've got a couple news items coming up that, that really tilt the hand that that's the case. But yeah, it, well, it, it begs a couple of questions about what kind of green light this got. And if it got a, like a strong green light, and it seems like it has because, you know, they've already got the date and all that, you can clear through a lot of like revisions and all that stuff pretty quick because instead of a a soft pre-production, if that makes any sense, where they're like, and I'm doing this other thing, really yeah. don't... By our calculations, the only thing Jason Reitman had going on was promotions of uh, of his uh, Hugh Jackman film there. Um, yeah, the the uh, blanking on it now. The candidate, the running, ma- the running man. The yeah, <laughs> Gary uh, Gary who's a what's it? Yeah, that's the guy. That's the yeah. one. That's the ticket. Perfect. My wife, Morgan Fairchild, mm, uh, nailed it. Yeah. Um, so I and I'll, I. <laughs> And we're, you know, we're about to get into it that, you know, names are starting to drop of people who are going to be working on it. Like, it feels a lot like it wasn't a, yeah, sounds good, kid. Like, we'll see you at the next, 
meeting and see what you got sort of thing. They're like, no, go, yeah. go, 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 go. Well, and, and the thing that became staggeringly apparent when I, I went down that rabbit hole trying to figure out what the release dates for next summer will be, um, Sony kind of is not on the map at the moment. Uh, and, and again, kind of hearkening back to 1983 uh, when the studio didn't have that big summer tentpole that they wanted in, in 84 and they saw that yeah. you know Warner Brothers had Gremlins and uh, Paramount had an, an Indiana Jones movie and Paramount also had a Star Trek movie and all these things were happening in 1984 I get the yeah. sense that that's what Sony slash Columbia was thinking here because you've got so Wonder Woman as I mentioned that's July 4th weekend that's Warner Brothers then yeah. on uh, June oh I'm sorry that's June 5th no it's not even July 5th uh, July 4th so it's it's a full month earlier. I I need new glasses. Yes. So Wonder no, Woman is the, in June. The, uh, Minions is the week before. Minions is the end, but Minions also not Sony. Top Gun right. is uh, June twenty sixth, which would have traditionally been the Ghostbusters uh, window. Uh, Another Kenny Loggins song. Kenny Loggins, but a Paramount film. Uh, and then uh, Jungle Cruise. You've got a lot of Disney stuff on here. There's Pixar and Jungle Cruise hits on the twenty fourth, so a couple weeks after yep. Ghostbusters. Well, let me let me ask you then. Um, it feels kind of like this is just me. You can tell me what you think of of this thought, but it feels like um, they're putting some time and energy in not filling the field and hoping for a hit, but rather they're they're going for some careful punches and putting yeah. as much weight behind them as they can. So this year, uh, Men in Black. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, like you say, kind of an em- uh, an emptier slate. Let's not say an empty slate, but an emptier slate next year for Ghostbusters. Kind of the same deal, right? Like we've got two properties that they they consider, you know, kind of their evergreens that they want to they want to bolster and grow, sort of thing. So, you know, rather than spreading their money around, they can kind of uh, tuck it behind a couple of more familiar. Uh, faces so to speak also though with ghostbusters coming out after it but men in black coming before it it also feels a little bit like if something goes wrong with men in black they've given themselves some buffer margin does that make any sense like yeah like if, if it underperforms or you know or, or whatever uh I, I think it'll be fine but but my point being is like and if this one falters, it, we're not dead in the water because we haven't committed a whole bunch of eggs to a, you know, a right. basket two years in a row. Yeah, they're not hedging their franchise bets all on one property. Uh, yeah. 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 Or trying to dump a year. It's the year of Sony and everything's happening at once. And, you know, they're not only competing against studios, but themselves to get people's ears right. and attention sort of thing. Yeah, this which feels I a think lot is Disney's like, problem at the moment looking at this, yeah. this lineup. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think you're right. And I think that they also recognized, okay, we don't have something in that summer when all of the kids are out of school uh, slot. But but it's also Top Gun uh, 2 is, is a very uh, distinctive um, – uh, it, it, th- that you know your audience. Top Gun 2, you're, you're getting back to the people that loved the original film, um, and that's, that's sort of like it, – it, they know that they've got this like – Pixar's got the kids. Top Gun 2's got the uh, 32, uh, 70-year-old male demographic uh, in hand. Minions 2, obviously, has got the kids, too. Um, this Christopher yeah. Nolan movie that's kind of a, a, it's to be announced. We have no idea what it is, but it's Christopher Nolan, so it's, it's obviously going to do really well. 
Um, and Jungle Cruise uh, will obviously do really well too. But Ghostbusters kind of falls into that. Uh, we need something for the d- d- early teens into the 24, that that sweet spot of 18 to 24-year-old kids uh, that we need to get into to theaters in the summertime. It's kind of nice. And yeah. you're also similarly getting nerds that have a hour-long Ghostbusters podcast every week. You're, it's a sweet benefit on top of that. But um, Yeah, but I don't like you talking about uh, Craig and Abigail and Jacob without you know, calling them by name. That's just really <laughs> underhanded of you there, Troy. Oh, <laughs> no. We love those guys. Wait, did, were you... You were talking about us. I was talking about oh, us. Oh, you. You. I'm being self-deprecating. <laughs> You're choosing to punch people in the arm. Um, but so, so at any rate, so, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. I love the fact that it is a summer release because I feel like Ghostbusters has always been kind of a big summer movie, which is great. Well, I can't, yeah, I can't imagine it being any place else, right? No, I mean, um, unless it was Halloween or something timed uh, thereabouts, but. Well, their July timing kind of makes it sort of a, a good, a good bet that. It could stretch to October, right? So yeah, yeah. October is when uh, home video and digital and and that kind of window happens. But uh, yeah. So so that's the good news is we've got a release date of July tenth. Uh, the maybe good news slash maybe stressful and kind of uh, anxiety uh, ca- causing news for the production is they've got a release date and it's uh, a little a little more than a year away, which is uh, pretty ambitious for a, a a movie that has not cast their stars and has not started rolling cameras yet. Uh, and so we've started seeing some some yeah. casting rumors. The casting rumors are a flying. Uh, and one in particular, I mean, I know we've talked about, we're not going to really discuss rumors and we're not going to talk about with a capital R definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but this particular one, uh, does have some merit because we, we did know that, uh, under the guise of rust city, they had started casting, uh, some unknowns or some, some relatively unknowns, uh, specifically kids, uh, teenager kids. I, I want to make sure yeah. I, I differentiate when I say kids, I mean, teenagers, teenage kids. Um, and, uh, one particular audition caught the eye of every movie blog on the internet, apparently. Uh, and, and it, it, it's just a self tape. It's, it's not uncommon for, uh, you know, actors when they're auditioning for roles and there's a casting director that's looking for stuff, they'll self tape something and they'll send it in, they'll email it, they'll post it to, a password protected Vimeo or something. And I think there was a bit of an oops on this particular submission because it uh, was not password protected and maybe had the name rust city in it. And so somebody found it and, and ran with it. And it was particularly intriguing because, uh, it involved a, uh, a black mirror, uh, actor, which is always fun because it's like, Oh, stranger things, black mirror. These are all the things that we've always talked about would lend themselves really well to ghostbusters. Uh, so Sarah Abbott, uh, is, this is again, I'm, I'm taking this from the heroic Hollywood article that it originally stemmed from. This is how mm-hmm. they phrased it. Sarah Abbott is reportedly in the running for the lead role of Jason mm-hmm. Reitman's mm-hmm. Ghostbuster sequel. Uh, that was their lead off mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, see, this is, this is kind of like when we opened with saying uh, everybody was looking at one in particular. It's like, no, they weren't looking at one in particular. They were looking at the one that leaked out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and it, it all depends on how we want to look at it. It's the same with this. It's like reportedly in the running. Yes. In much the same way that there's probably dozens, uh, if not yes, hundreds of yes. others. Um, like it's the only thing, the only thing that my cynical brain turns to is, 
was this an accidental leak? Was this a quote unquote accidental leak that somebody, you know, good question, that say Very a good young question. actress with, with, a, a you know, a PR person and all that goes, you know, it'd be great since there's all this buzz. Or if it's a quote unquote accidental leak, because say, for example, uh, learning their lesson from the last few years, Sony's wanted to, uh, uh, throw out a stocking horse and see what jumps out of the bushes to attack it. You mm, know what I mean? Like interesting. Yeah. Let's put somebody out there as a rumor and see what the reaction is. Um, I, I mean, I would, I would probably, I would probably place my bets on the former rather than the latter. I, I feel like this is probably a, an agent or a manager who is submitting uh, Sarah for the role to the casting director and and harmlessly, you know, just put the Vimeo link up. up, not thinking. Well, well, a yeah. here's here's two things that I think. I think that they didn't think anything of it because she was auditioning for this tiny movie called Rust City that Rust nobody City. had ever heard about. Yeah, and 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 in the copy, um, which is obviously you know just something that they had written up for for the audition only. It's it's pretty generic and it's it's just to test range and comedic skill and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I think it was an honest mistake. I think that whoever, whoever submitted this didn't know what they were doing. And then us, again, us nerds yeah. that have a podcast and movie blog said, Rust City. Oh my God, that's Ghostbusters. And the manager went, wait, we auditioned for Ghostbusters. Oh my God, take them down, take them down. Like this shouldn't be up yeah. there. Um, yeah, I only included it because it felt, well, cause I'm a completist and, uh, an idiot that way. I kind of uh, tend to agree. With, I, if I had to, if I had to be cynical about it, I I put more into the testing the waters thing because that's, I mean, we live in a post-Deadpool world. Deadpool exists because a quote-unquote yeah. accidental leak the VFX led to it leaked. coming yeah. together, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, given the timing, I it feels, it's, you know, it's not unlikely, as you put it, that it was put up as a, because when was the thing? The, the call-out was like, the week before the announcement, right? So right, basically was, yeah. people were throwing it in there going, yeah, movie, okay, whatever. They faxed the sheets over here, read it, great, upload. And it was only, well, it was, what, two, yeah, three was, weeks this, after This happened on January 26th, so yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it took that long for it to, 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 you know, for, well, for the nerds to, to kind of stumble upon it and go, wait a minute. So yeah, it's. It, I mean, and I, I mean, the good news is, it's it's giving us a little inclination of who the new faces or or new face, I guess I should say, in one instance, uh, will be in in the movie. Again, we don't know to what capacity. Who will this character be? Uh, yeah. What's their involvement? Uh, it's it, that that especially in this heroic Hollywood, uh, that's where they just really start speculating. I'm like, well, but you're presenting news, but then you're saying that this is the main character and this is the. But hold on. Yeah. Really. Hold on. Like, whoa. Take wait, a breath. Where'd you get that from? Yeah. <clears throat> it it may very well be uh, <clears throat> this this uh, you know thirteen fourteen fifteen year old girl may may be the. Uh, or at least one of the protagonists of the the series or movie, I guess I should say. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's again, it's it's just we know that auditions are taking place, um, it, much in the way that John Candy was originally attached to the original movie. Uh, th- that was yeah. kind of what I wanted to tweet out when everybody was going, "Oh my God, she's going to be the." Le-. I was like, "Hold on, hold on." And yeah. Michael Keaton was going to be a Ghostbuster, and uh, but just wait. I mean, I know that they're on a quick turnaround, but things will. This this may not stick, or it could be a lot like when Daisy Ridley was cast in The Force Awakens, 
And uh, everybody was like, who? Who's Daisy Ridley? And everybody sought out her demo reel and all of her, her, uh, because nobody knew who she was. Um, it, yeah. it could be a similar situation as that, but, uh, but anyway, it's, yeah. yeah, we only pointed out just because it has, it has some substance to it just because of the video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's they, a wonder- they took the video down, which always makes it even more suspect. Yeah. It's but- a wonderful time to point out though, that beyond the fact that they're auditioning, you know, uh, tween aged girls, what the hell does that mean? Right. Yeah. Like, we we talked about it in previous podcasts and and, and you know people have responded that they kind of hopefully they they kind of see what we're saying there and it's kind of like who knows right like this could be the you know they could be for the five minute cold opening flashback we don't know yeah. right like or uh, yeah a flashback or a previous version of a character I mean that that said you know the the copy that she was reading and the way that she she portrayed it I'm all for it you know it's the it's me as a kid uh, she is playing this sort of socially awkward highly intelligent um, science uh, nerd who can't really tell a joke like th- I think that's that's it's speaking to me it's speaking to middle school me and I like it but <laughs> uh, but you know, again, I don't, again, we don't know to what capacity that character will play. So, um, anyway, so everybody so, calm down, everybody calm down. And again, I know that the, the easy spotlight is they're going to have kids with proton packs. It's like the junior ghostbusters. Hold on. No, we don't no. know the full story. Just wait. It's like, take a people, deep breath. <laughs> it's like fans have like gorged themselves on all their favorite popular culture and then had some sort of metaphorical pepperoni pizza and gone to bed or something everything is just every piece of information they have is slamming together yeah. into, into into a perceived reality it's like just whoa whoa, whoa. well and part of it too i think is and that's going to be kind of our main topic of discussion here oh boy well, even though we're like almost a half hour into the show but uh but coming up we're going to be talking about why ghostbusters causes such anxiety all of a sudden and i i think that might play a part of this too but but let's talk about something that we do know for certain Again, kind of. Kind of. Um, uh, this past week on Instagram, uh, a very reputable uh, production designer who um, has been a concept artist on a, a million things, uh, ranging all the way back to the the Men in Blacks and Dracula and to- a whole whole bunch of films, um, but it has been a production designer on uh, Logan and the Wolverine and uh, a Blinken Vampire Hunter, which. Uh, Say what you will about that film. The production design <laughs> is wonderful. Uh, so he he has signed up, apparently, for Ghostbusters 2020, uh, starting his first day of work uh, this past Monday as we're recording this. Um, and I, th- I think he was playing it coy, but it was, it was pretty evident and clear that he is now the production designer on Ghostbusters 2020 uh, by posting a photo of the car out in front of Ghost Corps uh, saying... <laughs> Yes. Can't wait yeah. to start my secret new job on Monday. Yeah. Hashtag GB20. So okay. we need to, we need to do a quick aside here. I need to do a Terry Pratchett footnote here. Yes. Yes. And say for the next foreseeable future, if something comes to light that somebody is working on the movie or there's some post related to the movie and there's a photo of the ecto involved, <laughs> Stop speculating about what it means to the movie because it's the one sitting outside Ghost Core in the Sony lot. It is not necessarily the car or the car as it will be in the movie. Like immediately people are like, why does it say 
Ecto one on the license plate. Like, uh, you know, why isn't it? What happened to the Ecto one A license? Or and if they were going to do Ecto one, why isn't it the at least the white license? It's the original it's, car yeah. as it originally was. And, sitting on and the it's Sony still lot. Sitting on the Sony lot. Yeah. And uh, every time somebody works on this movie, they are inevitably going to end up at Ghost Core, and inevitably, being nerds and fans like us, <laughs> they will take a picture with it. So every time it comes up, take a deep breath and do not try to read into what it means about the movie because it only means something about the first movie because it's the car from the first movie. <laughs> well, I think I, I I understand the confusion. Especially with the car being the focus of that teaser trailer, which again the license plate I, conversation I do too, came I do up too, there. Yes, um, and and I think the same the same comments about the license plate came up on the teaser trailer because it's it literally was you know them taking the original car probably on a flatbed truck to wherever they filmed this, and uh, you know sure they doctored everything up, but maybe they didn't change the license. This was before. This production designer, I'm going to need my Canadian friend's help here. It's Francois Adoy, Audoy, A U D O Y. How do you how do you think that is most? Francois uh, yeah. Adoy. You think it's one of the, no no? That's O I S. Adoy. 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 Francois, I apologize if if for some reason you're listening to this and you're like you're butchering my name. I hate you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, they made fun of me for uh, singing last <coughs> week, so it's just it's par for the course. <clears throat> he worked on Zodiac. That looked amazing. So well, yeah. So I, that's what I wanted to talk about. So look at his pedigree and all of these kind of dark and creepy films that he's worked on. The Ring, A Men in Black Two. Uh, yeah, I mean. <clears throat> so so what what is this telling us about the movie? This is kind of what I love doing with Answer the Call. Um, you know, when when a cinematographer was brought on board, obviously it was Paul Feig's uh, uh, regular cinematographer. But, you know, when when somebody like Francois comes on board, what does this mean? And look at the movies that he's worked on. This is going to have some dark kind of creepy stuff to it based upon uh, just just looking at. Yeah, the the concept art that he does. If you go to his website, uh, he loves looking at like abandoned uh, <laughs> abandoned factories and uh, things things out in the middle of nowhere. He's he's got this really cool kind of dark, creepy vibe uh, to his design, which yeah. I think is going to be great. And and then like you mentioned, Men in Black, he knows the technology. He knows this kind of enhanced science fiction-y uh, uh, grounded reality. So I think that's going to lend itself well to whatever the tech and design, yeah. uh, you know, the gear ends up being. Um, His production designer credits is relatively uh, recent. He's he's a, he's a young production designer, let's put it that way, with six movies under his belt technically as production designer. And, yeah, you name, you name them all, really. Yeah, but uh, also has, has been – a concept artist, which is, is always a great sign too, when they're an artist themselves yeah. as a production designer. Um, uh, he was art director on Watchmen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate, love it or hate it, uh, the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which you know, uh, as long as you're not trying to measure it up to the old movie, it still looked really good. Yeah, uh, I, but again, that Tim Burton uh, vibe, uh, Men in Black kind of Green, had that. Green Lantern, we won't hold that against him. <laughs> That's not his fault. Uh, it's true, true. <laughs> uh, and then broadly, art department, like, uh, yeah, see, this is the interesting part, is as a uh, he's, he's a, a production designer, but he still tends to move around the art department doing lots of different things. Like, like you said, 
concept artist on Avatar, uh, concept illustrator on Charlie Wilson's War. Like, he just seems to be jumping in on stuff when people... Jurassic World. Um, yeah, and, and maybe he's designing... <clears throat> You know, for, for Jurassic World, it makes sense. I bet, again, looking at the things that he <coughs> loves, uh, or if you look at, like, his designs for, for Logan, um, Jurassic World, I bet he designed that kind of grungy garage where they found the the Jeep from the original film. That sort of, like, lost yeah. and abandoned feeling. Uh, Ooh, he was an illustrator on The Haunting. Very good. I mean, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Mars the Attacks. He's a graphic designer in Mars Attacks, which, which seems to like, like his earliest credit. So that's a God, yeah, cool place to start. He he's he's great. I mean, the other thing that kind of jumps out to me is that he's never worked with Jason Reitman. So um, the good yeah. news is he's kind of surrounding himself with people because Jason has never really done a film like this, and he's admitted himself that he has never kind of done this big picture, big scope yeah. film. That he's surrounding himself with these types of people that can kind of go in and say. Uh, you know, oh, do it this way. It worked on the ring. It didn't work on uh, whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah, um, it's um. This is where I'm putting a lot of faith in Jason Reitman as a, a film fan, to, that he knows what everybody's worked on, sort of thing, because it right. mitigates the risk of we've never worked together. <laughs> which you know, boy, that's the worst time to find out that you clash or something like that. But if it, <laughs> if you're familiar with the work, you can speak to it. That goes a long way to bridging uh, communication between two brains that haven't worked together before. Yeah. So that's good. I also kind of half wondered, um, because he hasn't worked with Jason before, not only is it potentially because, you know, I, I, need, I need cred where I haven't, you know, worked in these areas before – if it's not also part of what we were talking about before, which is the the timing, right? Like this yeah. is coming together so quick. He could have had a list of people prior to Francois, you know, nothing personal against uh, Francois, but he just looked around and, and said, you and, you know, a whole list of people could have said, dude, I'm I'm booked, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle of something that's going to run all the way uh, through yeah, yours. Yeah, I mean, production designers are, are in pre-pro on things that don't roll in front of cameras until next year. You know, uh, they may be booked on whatever the next Star Wars project is that's not even announced at this point. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, I think that might be part of it too. Is he 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 found somebody who could do the job? Who's also had that sweet spot of not currently on anything. Yeah. So. Uh, so and and great timing it seems because I think this is especially now looking at that teaser trailer is sort of like this is the this is the boilerplate. This is what this movie is going to look and feel like. Uh, I feel like Francois his his. Uh, he fits squarely into that boilerplate, which will be great. Um, what I do like, though, is that for all the years of somebody sneezed, Ghostbusters 3, an internet movie database immediately listed it. This this guy in the wake of, of Jason Reitman going, yeah, Ghostbusters 20, uh, 20, coming out in 2020. And he's like, I'm working on Ghostbusters 2020. <laughs> and an movie database is sort of like, we'll wait. Uh, okay. We'll wait. We'll hold off. Yeah. Oh boy. But his, his Instagram bio says, uh, he's working on a Le Mans 66 or whatever it's called. And then it's, uh, and then next Ghostbusters 2020. Um, but, uh, oh, so yeah, anyway. Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so, uh, very, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted again. I, I love this kind of behind the scenes production -y stuff. And some people maybe like Troy totally bored. Don't want to hear about it, but I, I really want to <laughs> shine a light on this kind of stuff when it happens. But, 
Um, yeah. So all right, that so, was one of that was one of the best parts of Answer the Call is when the the people behind the scenes, like the whole the guy with the documentary about how he was printing on vinyl. Oh to yeah, wall effects and all that. It was oh, like, oh my ah, god, yeah, the scenic artist. That was so cool. That's I the kind of stuff that, that I love all yeah. day. Uh, anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Well, and, and when we had Dan Amrick on to talk about when when Phil X was hired to be a guitarist, and we were like, what does this mean? And and we sat and talked about guitars with Dan. That was so much fun. But yeah, um, so that's that's the kind of stuff. Stay stay tuned because we geek out on that. Um, happy birthday to Dan, by the way. It was his birthday. Have, yeah, happy belated. Yesterday. Yeah. Uh, by the time he hears this, it'll be belated. It, hopefully be. he's not waiting until he's 100 years old to listen to the back uh, catalog here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, all right, so there, there were a couple other things. The behind the scenes of the teaser trailer, uh, that came out, one of the camera guys. Um, Kevin Smith. That was Smith, just a camera phone? Is that what that was? Yeah, I think that was just him saying, check out this cool... I, I think... My, my guess is a lot of people showed up to set for work and didn't know that they were working on a Ghostbusters film. And then all of a sudden when they did, they were like, oh, I got to take video of this. And then it was probably all embargoed and, and taken away. But um, so it's it's cool. Uh, check that out. I, again, as a behind the scenes geek, I love that they were using that new anti-grav camera, which is cool. Um, and the Kevin Smith. What's the difference between. Sorry, you keep saying Kevin. No, I, no, no. I wait for you to say Kevin Smith and then I interrupt And then you. say something. That's my new game. Yeah, Kevin Smith. What's the. Huh. Guys, have it. Hmm. James Tyler Bob. Uh, <laughs> Red Apple. Um, what's the difference between a steady cam and a gravity camera? I don't understand. Like they uh, seem to kind of yeah, affect the same thing. It's sort of it's like a steady cam is is basically a counterbalance that, you know, is using the the cameraman's entire body as like basically the tripod, the monopod, and then it's got this counterweight that's kind of keeping it uh, level. From bouncing around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these anti-gravity, it's it's more um, remote-controlled and robotic now, and especially since the cameras are a lot lighter now. You're not carrying around this giant Panavision 35 mm. or 70-millimeter camera. Y- you've got a, whatever, an A7S or a, a C300, what, like these tiny cameras that you can put on these servos and, uh, and, and basically the camera guy is, is like holding handlebars, uh, like a picture, picture somebody that's, uh, on like a, an amusement park ride. They've got handlebars in front of them or like ski poles, that kind of thing. Um, right. and, and in the middle is the camera. And then you have, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it harkens back to, uh, all of the animatronics and Slimer's eyes and stuff. You have a guy that's got like a little gimbal remote control that's off, to the side who's looking at a monitor and he's controlling the movement of the camera. So, so the steady cam operator is walking around shooting stuff. And then this other guy is acting as sort of the remote finding of like the camera pil- uh, pans to the right and then it pans to the left and then it tilts down to find the shoes and it, t- it tilts up to see their head. Um, and it's just, right. it's all fluid. And then you never see Dolly track. You never see yeah. whatever they put the camera on. Um, uh, I just watched, uh, the favorite with uh, Emma Stone and uh, 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 Olivia. Well, it, it's such a good movie, but half of that movie was filmed on this anti gravity camera on a wide angle wow. lens. It's crazy, but um, so it's essentially the same thing. It's let's get rid of dolly tracks and all that by having a, this system that allows a, a guy to carry the camera around without it jostling around. Yeah, totally. Only it, whereas the Steadicam operator had to do all the running and shooting, which I guess goes a long way to, you know, city cam operators had guys that ran around with them, making sure they didn't trip over right. stuff. Yeah. Uh, minding the cables this and stuff. Yeah. Does the same thing. Only it, 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 
it takes away the having to pay attention to the hard, <laughs> specific details of pointing the camera. Yeah, and it, and get and lets the, the operator, you know, have enough awareness to. They just have to point in the right direction, basically, and then they can step over things. And the and, other and, guy, and it makes it so it's energetic. Yeah. It makes the the camera is constantly moving. So because the 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 operator is walking around following people, and then the guy that's on the remote control rig that's. Uh, staring at the monitor, he's finding different <laughs> things. And it, it allows you to have these complicated shots where it's like, uh, you know, it, it starts on the car door closing and then you follow the feet as the person walks away and then it tilts up and you see that they're at yeah. a gas station and then the camera go- and it's all in one shot and it's so cool and dynamic. And it's, it's basically the Goodfellas, the opening of Goodfellas when Ray Liotta is walking through the restaurant talking about all the stuff. Yeah. It's that, but pumped up to 11. Because you have this this uh, control over stuff. But. Boy, we're not far away from uh, the <laughs> Rick and Morty. I am not staring at you. I am a cyborg <laughs> cameraman. That's true. Um, it really is true. But uh, but hey, all right. So I just talked for like ten minutes about a, a gimbal rig. But <laughs> you you were all apologetic about I don't want to bore people with production <laughs> stuff, and then I said. Uh, production thing troy and then you went off on another 10 I'm minutes sorry so. i love it i love it too Don't damn apologize. much apologize uh, i love it too they love it too or otherwise they tune out i so. hope so or they just make fun of me for singing um <laughs> Those so jerks yeah so I, I i here's here's the thing we ha- we have so many other things and we have a whole discussion to have uh here still too so i'm just right. going to quickly rapid fire uh, sure. uh t- 2020 tons more news obviously coming down we'll 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 talk about it when it happens um, Playmobil was uh, at the Toy Fair, the International Toy Fair in New York yeah. City. They showed off their new Ecto One A, which looks so wonderful. Uh, the four pack of of the figures, uh, f- just so many great things. Um, I I adore everything that Playmobil is doing. So so check those out. Pre order those if you can. Did uh, somebody ask the question, and I didn't know the answer? Uh, did Playmobil make any noises about the Ecto would have the Ghostbusters two sign for swapping out on the? Oh, that was Fire me. Hall? I I that was you. I poked at them because I thought, oh God, what a great idea if you bought the Ecto one A if it came with the sign for you to plug into your firehouse to make your firehouse yeah. Ghostbusters two. But uh, they did not respond to me. So Playmobil, uh, if you guys are out there listening. Just- Okay, it's just a sign with a sticker on it. So you know what? If you can't put it in the box, do a contest. We'll mail in for it. We used to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, do. We got we got crappy black hole uh, bowl hangers with our shreddies. <laughs> okay, we'll mail away yeah. for this stuff. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, let make me send in UPC codes for all these things, and I'll do it. But um, so yeah, so so check that stuff out. There's also some Funko. I want to talk about the Funko stuff when it's officially announced because we saw it was like in the the retailers inventory logs that there's a whole bunch of cool Funko stuff coming. Speaking of benefit of the doubt. Yeah. This is nothing official, but it's good enough to at least acknowledge. And as you said, it was in the, 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 what did, what did you call it? It was like the, the Funko fans, Funko. Yeah. Well, and then in the the wake of that, uh, Emerald city comic con announced that some of their exclusives would be a couple of, uh, the, uh, a couple of them were on the list and a couple weren't. So, and again, that's, uh, uh an event coming up here in a month or a yeah. month and a half or something like that. So for them to announce that they've got this new Funko Pops Ghostbusters thing coming out again, not official, 
but good enough to at least acknowledge. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I feel like we should put a pin in that, and then we can come back to it when we know. Put a pin in it, but more. everybody get excited because yeah. it sounds like more individual figs. It sounds like uh, some of these. What do they call them? Scenes. Pop, it's a, yeah, pop it, scenes. It says like pop scene banquet room or something like that. If well, I remember. I, I, yeah. The, well, they uh, yeah yeah they said one was Ghostbusters banquet. That was it. Yeah, banquet. And then the other one was Ghost uh, Venkman house. <laughs> and immediately people went Dana's apartment. I was like, probably the firehouse, but uh, there's that. And then another one was the again. I skimmed. Never skim. I all I saw was Funko. Yeah, keep going. No, it was Funkos, which is their um, oh, like their the Golden Girls. Yeah, the Golden yeah. or the 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 Funko Lionos. Uh, oh man, cereal. that only makes sense. Like I, we've all talked about we want Ghostbusters cereal again. So that. That's a no-brainer. Yes, and I believe yeah. they said stay puffed. Hmm. Who could it be, though? It's not like they're going to have, like, uh, Winston-O's or something like that. Key, key Lime Slimers again, like Twinkie Hat e- or something <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> Funk. Oh, Ray Egon's. I don't know. There's. I think it was... St- I'm pretty sure it was stay puffed. Um don't, and the thing is, is it's like the the cereal is not magic. I'm per- sure it's perfectly good cereal, but it's it's not like it's not like the stuff we remember where they're like, and we made special shaped marshmallows and special. No, they they just have no. they, it's O's. It's literally yeah. the, the O's put a flavor and a color on it that matches and throw it in the. And it's give, you're give buying it a cool box. Yeah, it's the box you're buying for. And I yeah, they had, I think Elvira. Had one. I saw Lion O's. What else did I see? They had a whole bunch. We I went down to um, uh, with Rob and Ryan from the Ghostbusters British Columbia. Uh, Funko's head office is actually just below us here in Washington State. Oh, how and funny! And we drove down once and and wandered around. Yeah, they got a they got a beautiful. I didn't uh, know that they were up north. Desk. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah, they had you know a display of like six or seven of the cereals. So yeah, this uh, Ghostbusters cereal again, so amazing. Yeah. All right, so keep 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 an eye out for that. We'll we'll make sure again because the Toy Fair uh, news is coming fast and furious at us. So we'll we'll keep you guys that, updated. That'll on be it. the place. That's if there's any place that'll have official, probably there. Toy Fair, yeah. Um, all right, one one more quick merch thing, and then we'll get into get into our main discussion topic this fine evening. Um, uh, IDW has Ghostbusters Blackout, which is a two to four uh, co op board game. Uh, that is coming out in June, June 26th, just in time for the uh, 35th anniversary. Uh, board game or card game? Well, I thought it's a board game. Yeah, Ghostbusters Blackout is a cooperative board game for two to four players. Okay. Nope. Players roll dice uh, and allocate them to move around the city. So it, it's My apologies. I actually confused um, with Albino Dragons. There's a card game that card just game. hit stores, not this week, but the week before that's the albino dragon one yeah they're the guys yeah. that did the kickstarted uh playing cards right right so the box is the same as the it's the same art as the the playing cards only they've come up with uh i don't know it could be yahtzee for i don't know what the mechanic style is but it's a it's a card game it's a you know slap them down steal your buddies kind of um uh, card game. That's what I got confused with. So yeah. this is a board game. This board is a game. board game, and it and it sounds like I mean the details on this are scarce. We just have an, a write up here from IDW um, that uh, it says that the game is designed by John Cohn, who has done a Dragon Ball Z game and a Ninja Turtles game, um, and it, it it sounds a lot like a smaller version of the uh, the, the kickstarted game uh, that uh, Cryptozoic did, but. 
Um, so, so maybe a single scenario kind of, yeah, that's my guess because they're, they're saying that the, the story revolves around a major power outage that has hit New York and the Ghostbusters have to go capture all of the ghosts that have escaped from the containment unit. So the power grid didn't have a battery backup and uh, the Ghostbusters are out trying to scoop up their, their errors. Um, well, this makes a, a lot of sense given that the, they paid the money on the, the dies already. So if you've pumped out the guys, you know, the, the injection mold dies are ready to go to pump them out again. And then a whole bunch of generic ghosts and, uh, you know, some sort of playing board surface and, you know, little tokens. You could, yeah, yeah. I could see that. You yeah. could build, you could build a stripped down version of the the two kickstarted games, uh, you, you know, building off of the art and the pieces that the, uh, yeah, if, had, right? if that's the, I'm just assuming, I, I don't know. I, I mean, am too, but well, let's uh, put it this way. It's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. If you still have the license and you want to put another game out and you didn't want to try to sell people on, you know, an $80 kickstarted one, if you want to get one into stores, uh, yeah. Yeah. Give it a, give it a new, new story and, and a new co-op mode, but yeah, um, tighten up, tighten up the, tighten up the rules a bit and build off of the pieces you already have and away you go. Yeah, so so more more news on that. I'm sure we'll be getting closer to the the June soon. release date, but uh, soon. Yeah, soon. Um, what else? The the Nikes. We don't really need Kevin to talk Smith. about that. I interrupted Kevin you Smith. twice, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So let's let's get. Oh, into that's it. not fair. Wait a minute. I practice how to spell uh, pronounce Luca's name, and you're not <laughs> going to talk about it. <laughs> well, it's it's tough because he's got these cool custom Nikes. Yeah. that are for him and him only and you just have to him see alone. him well basically well we talked about uh what's his name there on the rangers and his custom helmet. Uh, i guess so, that's true yeah there's not much to say fair. so uh six years as a professional basketball player in slovenia uh luka Doncic. Doncic. i believe it's printed Doncic. don Doncic. yeah Doncic. no no well i'm i'm Let's, you're horribly mispronouncing it, and I'm probably slightly mispronouncing it. But I specifically went to the to a couple of sports feeds that the, all they were was how to pronounce his name, <laughs> and I'm close. Uh, okay. For all uh, the television he, broadcasters, that yeah, <laughs> he uh, joined the Mavericks as a rookie this year, and I guess he's a fan because he had some hand painted kicks. Yeah, they're, that's all I, there is to say. They're, they're cool. sweet. They're really, yeah, go yeah. go check them out. I mean, that, that it was sort of it's one. It literally says Lucas Sweet Custom Ghostbusters Nike shoes on our rundown. That's that's all we could really say. That's about, all it but, says. There's not much more. Um, to it. But yes, uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith is kind yeah. of a throwaway too. It's Kevin, just, yeah, Kevin Smith. We talked about that at the top of the show. Like Kevin Smith just gushed that he um, he he talked to Jason Reitman, and we we discussed it when we were talking about the trailer, the teaser trailer. So it's it's kind of one of those things where he says. Uh, fans are going to be uh, delighted by what is in store for them. He wants to stay alive uh, for 2020, and uh, yeah, but we yeah. kind of we we kind of hit on that earlier. Um, all right, I but, want him to be alive in 2022, just in general. Just in, I I hope to be. I'm happier when we're all in it. I don't that, like it when we go away from the world. So yeah. Kevin, stick around. Yes, please, please do, Kevin. Um, but okay, so here's here's the main discussion topic, and unfortunately, I didn't allocate enough time for it, but. Uh, the <laughs> AV Club article, and I think you and yes. I both saw this, and we went, "Yes, hmm." Um, so, so the headline is, "Why does Ghostbusters always provoke such anxiety?" And uh, the author Sean O'Neill dives into why he thinks that in this era of, you know, uh, fandoms and Star Wars and Star Trek and all of these things that were being fed an abundance of things that are, uh, again, the weaponized nostalgia that everybody talks about. 
um, feeding into uh, intellectual properties and franchises and brands and uh, this whole whole thing. Why is it Ghostbusters that always makes people's veins pop out of their forehead? Um, and and I also a, a certain podcast that you mentioned earlier. Our, our yes, have some friends. Uh, I did hear them talking about how. They feel because they they were pretty hot on answer the call and then they cooled on answer the call very quickly. And they they sort of are in this weird trepidatious um, uh, fog with the new movie because they don't want to get too overhyped for it. And then they are disappointed by it or they don't want to put too much like and I get it. There, There are people that have been burned because of that. But this specifically calls out something that I, I strongly and wholeheartedly disagreed with Chris. And I don't know, maybe you will agree with me or you'll disagree with me, but, but Sean has this whole thing in here that he, 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 he posits that Ghostbusters is not a franchise. He, he flat out says that, you know, Ghostbusters was a great first film. Uh, forget the cartoon, forget the comic books, forget the video games, uh, the iconography, the packs, the Ecto one, that's all great. Um, and it, and has, it has his words here has achieved a totemic nigh mythological, mythological significance, but all of this obscures the fact that Ghostbusters was a moment, a serendipitous collision of talent at a very specific arc in their career. Um, and it was released at a very specific time in our cinematic history. So he's, he's basically saying, forget all of the politicized reasons, forget about if you liked the 2016 film or not, uh, forget about all of the things that you think are inciting anxiety in you about a new Ghostbusters movie. He, he thinks it's all kind of much ado about nothing. Um, which (sighs) I don't, I mean, and I get it. He's talking about like at the heart of what he's saying is that the original Ghostbusters movie was lightning in a bottle bottle. And everybody has said that in, in, and, and, and no mixed words, people have said like, that was, that was everybody firing on all cylinders. And of course it's very difficult to replicate it. Of course it's very difficult to tap into and do a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth movie. And that's why Bill Murray never wanted to do a sequel in the first place. Cause he said, whatever we had there, that's, that's a once a one shot deal. That's a once in a lifetime thing that happened. Um, I just, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's necessarily what's causing so much anxiety. I think it's just the general temperature of fandom uh, as a whole right now. It's, it's not that Ghostbusters is not an IP that can be exploited and and a franchise that has so many storytelling opportunities. I I wholeheartedly disagree. There are so many stories that can be told there. It's, it's an idea that hasn't been tapped out yet. Uh, There's, there's so many places you could go. And he says that, like, this fan reaction isn't similarly seen every time they announce a new Star Trek or a new Star Wars. Like, he, and he's building it on this premise of it's not a, it's this magical one-off, not a franchise. It's like, no, it's just shaped different from everything that you think is a franchise in your head. Right. Yeah. Like, Star Wars was regarded as a franchise when it had three movies and two cartoons under its belt. And yet somehow Ghostbusters, admittedly, well, that's just it. Like it, it's uh, then it becomes a you know a, a a list of ways it was a you know a pop phenomena sort of thing. Like <laughs> Star Star Wars, for example, didn't exactly spawn a, a, a you know a 
a number one billboard hit that plays every Halloween since then sort of thing, right? Like, right. and, and yeah. Miko or whatever doesn't, doesn't count. Um, you know, their disco <laughs> hit of it. Their, their disco theme. Uh, that's true. Migo, I, bet, I bet that that Mezco. hit the, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, Star Star Trek was regarded as a franchise when it had uh, th- two and a half seasons. I was going to say, not even fair. the full third season. Yeah. Two and a half seasons, a cartoon, and then a lot of fans just loving the heck out of it. And, you know, that they gave it a shot at a movie, and, you know what, but different times, different shapes, right? Like, look at uh, Back to the Future. It's three movies, and then somebody, you know, deep down the rabbit hole, go. It had a cartoon. Nobody watched the cartoon, but still, you know a what I mean. Like, though, it's still but selling it's a franchise and still has That's stories. That's the and... point. Like it's it's a franchise. Like where's the line between capital F franchise and just an IP? I, I I don't know, and he doesn't know. But he picked, and he's arguing that Ghostbusters isn't. And, and like you said, he's wrong. Like he's decided this is the reason why everybody's kind of eh. yeah. I. I and I think it's just that it's a different shape. I think there's this kind of reaction every time any capital F franchise or little F franchise, whatever you want to say, it's time to put out a new one. Like, cause it happens every single time. It could be, it could be one movie that made a big impact and is getting a follow up. And in, within two comments of the announcement, somebody goes, I hope they don't screw it up. Yeah. Like, well, like it, and, it, and every that, single I think time. That's, that's at the root of his argument too. And I think, I mean, just to take his side for a second, he says, don't that you be- dare. <laughs> I'll try. But, but he, he says that it's not a franchise. And because of that, that's why everybody has this. It's not the same fear. It's, it's not my Ghostbusters. That's kind of what he's saying in so many words. And, uh, and that, that applies to when real Ghostbusters came out. Oh, it's not the same. When the extreme Ghostbusters came out, it's not the same. Uh, oh, please God. leave it alone. That fear. And he's saying that that's what the anxiety stems from. No, no, no. It's just a general nerd thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You as him. No, wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> Devil's advocate here, Devil, multi. Devil's advocate. I, I mean, Your I, Honor, Devil's advocate is out of order. I, I, I just, I, I get what he's saying. I understand, and again, I, I, I don't want to put the words in the mouth of the S have some guys because they, they, they're really good at, at speaking their minds. But I think they might be sort of inhibiting what he's talking about. What Sean is saying that it's not the same. Uh, it's, it's, uh, please leave it alone. So when they saw answer the call, it wasn't the same. It wasn't what they expected. And that's why they cooled on it. Um, but uh, I just, I don't, it's, it's a different animal every single time. So star Wars comes out going into three. Everybody was excited coming out of three. There were already people going, well, that wasn't the first star Wars. And then when they announced the prequels, Solely on the basis that Lucas had announced that he had this, you know, nine movie arc in his head, they, a bunch of people went, great, would love to see it. And a lot of people said, no, it was fine as it is. Let's walk away now. And that happens every single time. It's just a question of, you know, what the balance is. Now, I will say that in the case of Ghostbusters, the balance tips a little bit more towards a lot of people saying, uh, you know, they don't want to screw up the first one, see the first one screwed up because it took a long time to get to the third one. Do you know what I mean? Like, and not a lot of in-betweener sort of thing. So it's kind of like, 
you know, it's kind of like I'm trying to think of something. Boy, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Like when they said they were going to reboot Planet of the Apes twice, no less, people didn't really freak out over it because at that point, not only had a long time passed, a long, long time right. had passed and yeah. it seemed to be fine. I, it's almost, uh, boy, it's, I, I don't, it's not that I don't understand, uh, don't see what he's saying. I just, I just don't, I, I just don't agree with, with, yeah, uh, with the. Blade where Runner, he maybe? settled on it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I get it. And I, I wish that I could explain. I do. I, I admire the fact that he's trying to explain it. Um, because there were, especially times in 2016 where I would just, you and I would talk and I think even live on the air, like, what, why is this happening right now? Like, I just, there's a new movie huh. coming out. I just want to watch the new movie. Why are we having the conversations that we're having? Uh, I, I think that's everything now. Again, I think that's just sort of the nature of fandom in the social media age. Um, yeah, there, there are, there are light beers fighting with each other on social media right now. I can't explain <laughs> it. I have no idea why Miller light is fighting with Bud light and is fighting with natural. Light. Like who cares? I'll tell you, it's weird. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you right now. He, this, he, he can't see the forest for the trees. None of us can really. And that he's put forward this, it's great that he put it out. Uh, it was per- perfectly well argued and all that. I just disagree because I think he's latching on to bits. He's then, you know, uh, and then dialing in on them and saying, ta-da. Yeah. And it leaves out so much, right? Like, um, uh, what was I thinking of here a, a second ago? Um, uh, oh, so... It's hard to compare Ghostbusters to any other, you know, quote, capital F franchise and all that, just because this movie's coming out, right? And actually, to a degree, we'll see it in the new Star Wars and all that, too, because now we live in an era of when we hear that something's coming, we know we're going to hear about it almost constantly until it comes out, right? Like, yeah, uh, guilty as charged as you listen to this podcast, yeah. We're, we can't help it, right? Like, that's yeah. just where we're at. Uh, whereas when Ghostbusters 2 came out, what what did we have? You know, like two, two uh, you know, one Fangoria article, one Cinefantastique article, and a And an Entertainment know, Tonight of, set visit. That's yeah, all like I remember. A couple, a couple yeah. of star logs. And even yeah. that set visit was coming up on the release of the movie, right? Like right. Yeah. the magazine articles were within a few months of it coming out, like a couple, two or three months of it coming out. But that movie took a year and a half to make, right? But we knew it was coming a year and a half because there was a couple of, it's coming. And we all went, ha great. <laughs> but then we had no way of hearing what was going on, etc. right? Like we, we could only go, oh, we're getting more. That's all we know. We're getting more. I guess we'll see it when it comes out and we'll talk about it then. And now we just, it's, uh, it's unavoidable that we're going to hear about it and people can't help, but what does that mean? And then, yeah, it's like, actually, it's kind of like the pop culture equivalent of, uh, of, uh, of Lovecraft, right? It's like everybody, or if, or if you want to keep it in movie terms, it's, uh, um, Spielberg and the shark. It's scarier because you don't yeah. see it till later, right. and it's it's the same thing here. It's like it's 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 scarier because we're hearing all about it now. Like it's we're we're just so racked with anxiety about it, whether it's going to be good or not, because we're starting to get information. We and we feel like we need to start processing it. Whereas if if it's like the the movie's coming and then we just had to wait, 
there's nothing we can do, right? Like, yeah. we'll just wait until it comes out and then we'll watch it. <clears throat> and is that, I mean, maybe maybe that's the argument that Sean should have made. And again, no, knowing the AV Club audience, m- maybe the better argument is not why is Ghostbusters causing so much anxiety, but why is fandom as a whole causing as so much anxiety? Whole, like, that's. I would. That's a better argument to make, like, or a better question to ask. Certainly. And I, I think, yeah, if he if he took a few steps back and he looked at the wide shot here, I, I think that's, that is what the sociologists are probably trying to decipher exactly. right now is like, why? And it'll take, this is my point, it's going to take them decades to get through it, right? Yeah. Like, it's just. Uh, is it is it having this, you know, uh telekinetic uh <clears throat> thought connector at all 24 hours a day seven days a week that we can have That's everybody's emotional it. thought and their opinions mm. and their criticisms we're amongst their- we're amongst the first generation that can even hope that we get to see more of the stuff we loved right previous film generations didn't sit around and go that's great i can't wait yeah. to see the sequel like uh, you know, most movies got made and they never bothered with a sequel because sequels were regarded as, you know, as, as, as trash and garbage, right? Like that was the market driven impulse. And again, that's what Sean brings up. He's like, all of the attempts at a new Ghostbusters, uh, have been market driven impulses. And that's when you were in in the eighties and you saw revenge of the nerds too. You're like, ah, well, they know that the first one made a bunch of money. So we're going to make revenge of the nerds too. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, but now it's different. I feel like now it's totally different. Yeah, but the same reaction happens every time. Remember when they said, oh, re- reboot Back to the Future, and everybody started howling. So one half howled, yes, and the other half howled, no. And then yeah. uh, what's-his-name had to step out and say, no, we're not rebooting it. But it was the exact same thing. Like, part of the equation is the fact that, you know, um, they're touching <laughs> – they're touching our childhood, and that's not a euphemism. Um, bad touch. Anyways, uh, what time is it? Yeah. Good night. Who? Uh, who? What? Anyways, but the, the point is, is that, again, like, um, boy, actually, let's go back to our, our, our pal uh, Gilbert Godfrey and all that. And and he he is squarely in that, that group of, I guess, what is he, a, uh, a late boomer? Or an early Gen X. I don't know exactly where you'd categorize him sort of thing. But he's of the age group that got to see that that uh, second wave universal horror movies. Right. That's what was their, ele- you know, exploded their 11-year-old brains. Uh, and then that was it, right? Like, it, they had to scour TV to get yeah, to see any of this stuff again, right? And, yeah, yeah. They didn't, they didn't have that option, uh, and, 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 you know, follow-ups to it were, well, this is the irony of it, is the same subject matter got touched on. It's just nobody, there was no lexicon for rebooting or anything like that. It was just a given that it wasn't a sequel per se, but somebody was going to revisit the same, you know, uh, concept and all that. And, and they'd go it, to it and some of it they'd love and some of it they wouldn't like, or some of it was in between and they'd have, you know, a split brain sort of thing. It's, it's not like anybody went, we're going back and we're tinkering with the original. Well, actually that's not true. Like I don't, I, I see, this is the thing. This is why it's going to take sociologists so long. It's like part of it is people have invested, you know, a chunk of their, you know, the, the what it means to 
what their childhood is to them and stuff like that into, into movies because it's, you know, all imprinted together sort of thing. And if somebody's going to touch it, it just, yeah, it just sets off alarm bells for some people. And the funny part is, is it, they were in the same boat, right? It's not like, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula and all that didn't get made. They just, and <laughs> it's not like they, they broke out in cold sweats or took to the internet. That might be part of it too. They have no impulse to go complain about it anywhere other than maybe in their circle of friends. And then the rest of the time they just get on with their lives. I, I don't know, but I think it's something way bigger than a single uh, author can sit down and hammer out in, in a, a single article and get right. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. more to it than like you and I have just, he touched on a couple of points and you and I also then pointed that there's four or five, six different factors that should be part of the, the, the analysis as well. And that's probably not even all of them, right? Like, yeah. like and you said, market for driven forces, like it, we live in this weird space where studios, yeah, studios want to make money. Those movies made money, so they're going to make new ones. But yeah, and they want to bank not- on brand recognition, which is also one of his big arguments. Is like it's market driven. Everybody knows Ghostbusters. We have a summer yeah. slot. We even mentioned at the top of the show, like we have a summer slot open. Put Ghostbusters in there, or we'll make some money. I, I get yeah. it. You know what? I I could put forward a fairly solid argument that part of this might be just fan self loathing, oh, because maybe. on the one on the one hand. Yeah, we want more. And on the other hand, it feels kind of cheap because we know they're doing it to make money out of us sort of thing. But this is because people tend to try to parse the world in black and white. And we've had this discussion before. Yes, the studio wants to make money. No, that doesn't mean the people who are pumping it out are completely like, you know, automatons who don't care about the property and, you know, have no sense of creativity whatsoever sort of thing, right? Like it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know. Who brought this up? I did. I did. Uh, and, and I would, I mean, I, there, again, I'm banking on all these people listening, but uh, Sean O'Neill, if you're listening to this, I, I actually would challenge you to, to take a fist that fight. St- fist fight. No. Wrestling I, match. I demand satisfaction. No, uh, Can we do darts? <laughs> no. Sean, we challenge you to darts and a beer. Darts and a beer. <laughs> no, I, I, I would actually enjoy that. I want darts and a beer and I want to talk to Sean about his yes. view as to, because the, the points that he did make, which I thought were very valid is we live in hot take hell. And I think that is the biggest part of, yes, that's part and parcel. Why we're having such a difficult time yeah. in fandom now is because everybody's got a hot take. Everything is hot and cold. And, and he even calls it out. Okay. This trailer comes out and it's got nostalgic cues uh, oh, in the music yeah. and, and there's the original car and everybody's like, Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. And then, the casting news comes out that they're looking for a, a, a teenage kids and everybody goes, Oh my God, not my ghostbusters. It's like, guys, <laughs> just, it can't always be so hot and cold. Just, just calm down. And, but I, yeah. I get it. Ghostbusters always seems to, for whatever reason, hold a microscope up to that. But I think it's, it's a bigger conversation about fandom in general that I'd, I'd love to hear more takes. And, and in fact, yeah. you, the listeners, if you're, if you're out there and you're not tired of hearing us and you actually made it to this point, um, uh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about fandom as a whole right now? Uh, is, is it causing anxiety? Uh, is it cause well, two questions. Is it causing you anxiety because a new movie is coming out or is fandom in general causing you anxiety? Because I, I feel the latter. I feel like fandom and <laughs> as a whole causes me anxiety because it's like, I, I 
it's like when you go home with a bad grade on your report card and you don't know what mom and dad are going to say, like, I am so excited about a new Ghostbusters movie and I am now afraid of the internet, whatever is going to (laughs) happen. Like, I just don't, I don't want to have to deal with if you like it or if you don't like it, I just, I just want to enjoy it. And, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I'm always a little confused. I, I was, uh, I'm not, not to brag or anything, but I, when I, when I went out into the world on my own and, you know, had my first, uh, job and, you know, living away from home and all this, and I had a disposable income for the first time, I dropped some considerable money on the first, uh, MP3 player to hit the, um, hit the, hit the market. Yeah. Uh, and it held, get ready, 32 megabytes, which meant that if I wanted more than a handful of songs, yeah, it's one album, right? Yeah. I downgraded them to like, and I, and some people were kind of like, yeah, but it sounds terrible. I was like, and I, at the time I pointed out to, there's a reason I'm, I'm rambling. There's a reason for my, uh, my Andy Rooney, uh, ramblings (laughs) here. Um, I argued, I pointed out to people, it was like, yeah, but I grew up and my first music electronics thing, like, yes, the home had the stereo and yes, I owned records and eight tracks and all that. But the one I had personally for myself was, wasn't the Walkman. It was pre-Walkman. I didn't even have that. I had the, the portable AM radio with the mono earpiece, right? Like, and I loved it. So to me, by the time I got to that, I was like, no, I can live with that because I grew up in an AM FM world sort of thing. And it feels like I don't, I'm wondering if maybe somewhere along the way as, as media changed and all that kind of some switches, uh, I have switches that other people may not have developed. And I don't mean that to diminish people at all. I just mean that given my age category and, you know, my age category, the my age group, my age demographic, the way I grew up and the way technology and media was presented to me versus, you know, even kids 10 years off me, like I get, I can get to this point and, and I go, it's coming great. And it's hard to avoid some of the stuff, but I can just, but it's a ways off click yeah. and walk away sort of yeah. thing. Right. Like it does not, it's, and it can pop it's, into your thoughts from time to time or like yeah, come up but, a, a water cooler conversation or yeah. There's a lot of like that. Like I'm like, yeah, when's the, I need, I need my, I need my trash fiction. Where's my Jim butcher book. And they're like, it's out in seven months. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. I guess I'll forget about that for seven months and then I'll come get, yeah. As opposed to sitting around going, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know what I mean? Like I, <coughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know why it is that some people get that worked like I, and I hear people express it. It's like, Oh God, it's going to be so long to get there. And I was like, or we could do other things and it'll yeah. show up one way or another. Right. I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it, maybe it is. Maybe that's the current climate of, of being a fan is you have to constant content and constant updates and news. And I mean, uh, the, the we're we're talking right now as there were a, a group of fans that thought that the Star Wars uh, Episode Nine uh, title announcement was going to happen and it didn't happen and they're angry but it was all completely contrived online no nobody ever said that a title was coming yeah and so there were there were again hot and cold everybody was in this uh, fervor of, uh, oh my God, we're going to get a title tomorrow and then they didn't get a title and I was like oh we didn't get a title oh they're angry. And I, 
I I don't know. I just I I can't explain it. I don't think we're going to explain it here on the show. Obviously, oh no. Uh, I I'll leave it to the psychologists and let them get it wrong. But it's just I I think that's at the root of the problem. And I think maybe it's easier to take examples like this AV Club uh, article. And because again, Ghostbusters has been in in that conversation for the last three years, maybe it's a little easier to do that. But um, I, I I would challenge. Uh, our, our, uh, our academics out there, uh, cause I know that a few of them are, are listening. Uh, please uh, take a look at this and, and, and see if you can't examine it. And maybe in a few years time or 10 or 20 years, or when we're listening to this, when we're a hundred years old, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we'll have some clarity on it. But for now, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think this art, this, I don't think this AV club article does it. I don't no. I don't think I understand why there's so much anxiety in the world right now. Those of you with kids. Put them through school. Get them yes. to university. Steer them into sociology. Please don't get don't, them to study it. Don't let everybody be a director. S- send us a copy. Yeah. <laughs> don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's four seven zero two G B H Q I C. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just wanna get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Somehow, miraculously, Chris, even though I feel like we could have been talking on that that last uh, discussion point for quite some time, some, somehow we were able to rein it in. And, and uh, I think about the sixth time you and I said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> we all clued in that maybe now's the time to put it down and walk yeah, away. <laughs> just walk away. Just walk away. But um, So I do. I want to give you time for your final thoughts, but I also want to give a shout out to um, our, our Steel City, our Pittsburgh uh, fans out there, I saw you appear on the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, Twitter and social media accounts. And uh, say, I, I've always had a special place in my heart for the Pittsburgh Penguins because uh, I was a Lemieux fan, but uh, it was great to see some Ghostbusters there uh, getting some love on their 80s night. So uh, mm-hmm. shout, shout out to you guys. It seems like it was a lot of fun. And uh, oh, yes, it's 80s night and the feeling. To, oh, yes, where's the tweets about Chris singing? No. Oh, what a night. I got range, baby. That's why. He's losing his mind, and I'm getting <laughs> all the benefits. Uh, but uh, what, what do you got in terms of uh, final thoughts there? Uh, final thought comes down to FanFest. Um, literally just before uh, you and I sat down to record this, somebody uh, out there in the uh, social medias uh, is saying that Wizard World got back to him saying that uh, announcements are coming next week. So Ooh, this week. This week as you're as, listening as to you, this. Uh, and a lot of people then said, why you? I signed up. I didn't get an email. And, they, and he was like, well, that's because I've been pestering them you know, on behalf of us all <laughs> constantly. So again, it comes down to, well, it's not unreasonable. that they, But at the same time, they could also theoretically say anything to get him to stop. Yeah, that's uh, also but, true. 
it's it fits the time frame because people who comment, you know, like a month or so back said when, and they said a month's time, and then people who contacted me two weeks ago said when, and they said two weeks, and now this guy's bugging when, and they're like next week. So the time frame seems to be safe that within the next couple of weeks we're gonna probably hear about uh, fan and fest still gives which you a good five months to figure out travel arrangements and and all that jazz yeah too. where are we here yeah. beginning of february to march march to april april to may may to june june Ooh, is it okay. june a little yeah four months yeah a little less than five i guess but it, uh, still still well, some good time to get some good air airfare rates and and things like that yeah yeah well three three months is the good well, but anyways but the the point there is then my final thought was since you and i talked about it last because we speculated a lot about what our our pre-ticket buy gets us how it's all going to shake out, <laughs> all this sort of thing, and well, no, because you and I, it, it occurred to me that we were looking at this like compared to. We even said it at the time we were comparing it to other like, like conventions, right? Like uh, Star Wars Celebration right. and stuff like that. Uh, Star Trek Cruise, I think you and I were trying to put it like. Well, this is the this is you and I were talking about it. And yeah. this, when the guy announced it, I was like, "This may be the time to to con- keep, think about it this way." Because we originally compared it and said it kind of made sense within certain ranges. If it was, uh, you know, you know, comparing it to Star Wars Celebration, if it was priced around here, it makes sense, sort of thing. And then you and I got to talking about it, going, "Well, this is such a weird animal. Like this, the thing that this has that Star Wars Celebration, for example, does not have, is an exclusivity to it. Yeah, like we yeah. knew we didn't know the numbers, but we knew it was going to be fractional compared to what they try to yeah, drag you're into. You're in close proximity on a studio lot, basically. A spot, yeah. yeah, exactly. We speculate about how much access that gives you to whoever shows up, and and we kind of weren't sure how many. VIPs would be showing up because again there, we knew the math came down to what it would take to get them there versus how much you could charge again this fractional exclusive group to show up sort of thing and you and I kind of were kicking around and when this guy announced it it all came back you got to look at something like the the Star Trek cruise where so that's five days on a boat uh, where they take you to, to you know sunny places and all that uh, they feed you and they give you a place to lay your weary head down sort of thing. But it's a similar thing. It's an exclusive number of people. Like boats don't have, you know, 35,000 people wandering around it sort of thing. It is measured in the thousands of people on the boat sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And those things range from the, th- you and I, uh, we're talking about it, like 1000 to $7,000, depending on what you want to get out of it. Like, I'm sure some of those ones are, I'm in a stateroom, but... I'm sure other... I'm in a stateroom and... I'm at Patrick the captain's Stewart. table with all of the captains. <laughs> exactly. I'm at the captain's table and I'm in the stateroom and Patrick Stewart tucks me in at night. Like, I'm sure... Like, so I'm kind of wondering if... I, this is the time to bring it up that we... You know, whether you want to compare it to Star Wars Celebration where we said that it could make some pretty good sense um, in a wide range of numbers. There's also the way to look at it. I think we never talked much about how exclusive this is because the other thing is too is... We kind of touched on it and then really didn't dive in on it that this is the 35th anniversary. Yeah. I, the more I think about it, I'm not 100% sure that this is something that comes back again next year. And certainly if it does, it's not in the form that we're, we're, we're kind of circling around here where it's this exclusive event. I think it more likely if they decide to do it yearly... You know what I mean? It might be much more conventional convention. Yeah, it's not. Ah, I, words. I, yeah, I feel like this is like a, 
I, I've never actually gotten the impression that this is going to be a repeated thing. Like, it's this is for the 35th yeah. anniversary, and after that, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see you in five years, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, so, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot. I don't know this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we're about to hear what they've come up with. We talked about how it was always going to be strange math because it was yeah. not like filling a convention hall with 35,000 people and doing the math that way. This this math was always going to be slightly different and I think it all hinges on this concept of exclusivity, right? And getting, and we talked about it before, I think you and I mentioned uh, you know, if it just turns out to be like a weekend party with Ghostbuster fans and summer's along the way, you know, Dan waves at us that's already not a bad start yeah. to a weekend, right? So yeah, you you were within uh, arms distance of of who it may whoever it may be, but uh, yeah. Sorry, I I didn't mean I there are like we blur our conversations now. I didn't mean to to uh, spoil your Star Trek cruise. I was like, did was that on no. the air? Or was that when you and I were just eating a piece of pizza no, and having no. a beer? Having a beer and it came up. Well, and that's where it all started. And then when this guy announced that they're saying it's coming up, because you and I were talking, oh, the soon, I guess. It's become a, this is why it's a final thought. It's become a real reality that we're about to finally find out how their spreadsheet math worked out yeah. and what they're going to offer us, sort of thing. Now that, uh, and, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no. And, 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 you know, like I said, we, we put our, our dollar, our, our, not dollar, we put our hundred bucks in to get our toe through the door ahead of everybody else, sort of thing. Yeah. And now we're about to find out, you know, what, what they're going to offer on top of that and how much extra it's going to cost us. And like, I, I kind of, I kind of, well, it's, it's, it's more of a personal, I'm, I'm, I'm discussing it here because it's something we're all about to, to kind of, to, to process and all that. But it's, it, how do I describe it? It's kind of like the eBay uh, effect, right? The the way to be a good eBayer is figure out how much you're willing to spend on something, and then be prepared to to uh, go that far. And and then if somebody else outbids you, then that's that's fine, right? Yeah. So it comes down to you know I got you know how much are you willing to spend? And if it happens that that doesn't get you, uh, you know, uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, pouring your drinks all evening. You'll just have to be happy with getting the photos and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, and and yeah. and then and factor in that this is part of it is the exclusivity. Like, so a limited number of people are they going to throw swag at us? I think so. Are they going to be selling exclusives? Probably. Like for all you collectors out there, what what will attendees get a, a crack at that nobody else will? Uh, so, anyways, yeah. it's not a very well formed uh, final thought, <laughs> but that's kind of what it came down to. Is it's you and I? It was a hypothetical of when they were going to announce it. You and I kind of assumed it would be have it, probably we figured it probably about three weeks ago. Well, and yeah, that didn't I mean that's, that's why I couldn't help chuckle earlier because I had this sense of deja vu. I was like, the last time you talked about this in your final thoughts, they announced a movie the next day. So uh, what? So God help us. What, what happens tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> um. Actually, given the timing, is uh, we we post this and then tomorrow they they actually put the announcement out for the yeah. fans. I don't know uh, podcast bet, but um, anyways, that that's kind of what it comes down to. Is it's been this giant question mark of what it's going to be, what it's going to cost, and what we want to get out of it. So yeah, and uh, soon kind of, soon we will know. Soon we'll know. And like I said, I, I, the one last, the one thing that's always kind of, this goes back to our discussion about, you know, anxiety and all, perspective. It always helps if you can go in with perspective. 
actually that's a good analogy for the eBay thing too, is if you set yourself, I'm willing to pay X amount for that, um, that's your perspective. It, it allows you to, to then deal with the situation sort of thing. So, you know, if you're, if you're like, I'm, I'm in for X amount in a flight and a hotel and right now I'm kind of okay with that because I'm getting uh, a party, you know, to hang out with my friends sort of thing and, and new friends or friends that I've only seen on online and all that. And then, you know, I've got this disposable income that I'll put to it. Like, cause so for example, one of the things that I'm assuming there will be is photos. And I stopped to think about it. I was like, who would be there that I'd actually spend money? Do you know what I mean? Like we, yeah, we, we, we were lucky enough yeah, that when we went to, yeah. We were we were we we were lucky enough to go down, uh, you know, for the 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 trailer thing before, and you know, you and I have our photo with Dan and uh, and Ivan. I think most everybody who's lucky enough to get to see Dan at a signing, uh, like a bottle signing, we got photos with him, sort of thing. So it's kind of like, you know, well, maybe Bill Murray shows up. How much would you spend for Bill Murray? Everything? Would you sell um, your child to get your picture taken with Bill Murray? Yeah, fire everything. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that's my final thought is um, we're about to find out uh, what's coming. And uh, I, I can't imagine it's any more expensive than a, a Trek cruise. And I'd go on a Trek cruise. Yeah. Uh, we've we've talked about it. I want to do that. But, yeah. Especially um, if Patrick so- Stewart texts me in. <laughs> Good night, Sir Patrick. My, na- my last name's Stewart, too. And now your bedtime story, Chris. <laughs> uh. I saw, I saw him. I, we took Thomas to go see uh, the kid who would be king. And if you've oh, got a yeah. kid, take him because it's it's I've a heard, good yeah, time. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Patrick Stewart is is old Merlin, and it's fun to watch. Hi, hi Patrick Stewart. I don't care. <laughs> they handed me a check. I lost it somewhere. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. This is fun. Uh, can I can I jostle up my hair? <laughs> Amazing. That's Patrick Stewart. Be like yes. Patrick Stewart. Be like everybody. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was my final thought. All right. Well, and a good final, final thought. My it final was. thought is Ghostbusters Fan Fest is coming. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and and until next week when we find out that they announced that uh, Jason Reitman's doing a trilogy, not just one movie. We'll, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be in touch. But uh, yeah, everybody, uh, join us next Monday for another exciting edition of the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. We'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. We're so good.